Hello everyone, hello everyone up in the balconies and online. Uh, as Nikki said, I'm Joe, and we're going to be reading a few verses from Isaiah 9, which will pop up on the screen if you want to follow along. It says, Nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who are in distress. The people walking in great darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you. For to us, a child is born, to us, a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he'll be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. Today, I want to talk to you about the light that shines in the darkness, and that's totally been my story. I grew up not far from here. I'm a local lad. I grew up down on the Wells End estate, and I love the place I grew up, and I wouldn't change my story for anything. I grew up at home with my mum, my dad, my two older brothers, and my younger sister. We didn't grow up with much at home. My dad was a labourer and a part-time semi-professional thief. Uh, he used to um, go around and nick lead off church buildings. So I'm pretty sure if he had a ladder tall enough, he would have had the lead away on this roof here because it's, it's a good job, this one. It's a big roof. Uh, and, and my mum was a stay-at-home mum when we were younger. Um, but we didn't have much growing up and life was a struggle. And my dad wasn't the kindest person to my mum. There was a lot of violence at home. Home life was fragile and uh, a scary place to be. And when I was six years old, uh, my dad lost his life to suicide. He jumped off one of the tower blocks in the middle of our state. And growing up in that state, for me, it was a, a daily reminder of pain, a daily reminder, and uh, yeah, of distress. And my mum, she's an angel. She was, I won't hear a bad word said about her. She, was, uh, she raised four kids under the age of 10, all on her own, all on her own and she'd done a phenomenal job. Um, but there were struggles along the way. There wasn't just struggles in our home and in our family. There were struggles in most families and homes around us. It just felt like life was being filled and continued to be filled with this stress, this brokenness uh, and darkness constantly. Uh, I obviously grew up. I got to the age of 13. I got to secondary school and I made the decision that I don't need any GCSEs or to finish school at all. So I, I dropped out. My brother dropped out of 14. I dropped out of 13. Beat him there. Um, but I, I dropped out of school at 13 and because I knew what I always wanted to do. I didn't, I didn't need to have GCSEs for the job I wanted to do. Uh, turns out I was wrong because I applied for that job when I was 16. Got the interview. Didn't get the job. And what I'm really for here today if anyone knows anyone at John Lewis, yeah, I'm in desperate need of a Saturday job and it would be my dream come true. So if you can hook me up with a job at John Lewis, I promise, I've already looked up the discount because I'm sure I'm going to work there one day, is I've got 12.5% discount on all electricals with your name on it. So if you can hook me up with a job at John Lewis, uh, I'll be thankful for that. But after my uh, failed attempt at getting jobs for a few years, I applied for a job at HDB. I learned from my mistakes, so I went back over my CV. Um, some would say I lied, but I just edited uh, a couple letters in um, just in front of some of my, uh, my qualifications. I got an A star in England, which is great. I got uh, an A star in mathematics and I put a, a humble B in science uh, just to see, make it more realistic. But I, when I got the job at HB at 21, before that, um, from 16 to 21, I was jobless. I had no hope, no dreams no self-worth, that I could believe anything of value and the world was telling me that daily. I was in desperate need of change, but I wasn't in need for life to be upgraded or fixed in any way. 
I was in desperate need for someone to guide me or something or someone to guide me along the way so I didn't feel so alone in it all. And I was in desperate need of a breakthrough. HDB, if you've been around long enough, used to do an outreach on the Wells End Estate called The Trust. And they used to do so many good things uh, for the community. And two of those things that they'd done is at Christmas time, a bit like the Christmas boxes you've just heard. Uh, they used to pack up these Christmas boxes, like the big Amazon, just say like you've ordered a big something from Amazon, a big box, and they'll wrap it up and they would fill it with quality foods that this church donated and with people who might struggle to fill the kitchen uh, at Christmas, maybe fill the pinch um, or the financial um, weight of Christmas. And he filled it up with this quality food, like well posh food. It was lovely. Um, and the, uh, I remember I got nominated by my family to go down there. None of them wanted to go down. So I walked down. I walked into the trust. And in, it was in that moment I met the kindest, most genuous people. And I went in and they gave me this box that I couldn't carry on my own. I had to do two trips. And I was blown away by the church's kindness that the church would give anything to anyone who didn't go to church and to people that they probably would never meet. And it was people from this church who gave so generously. Then they also used to do a Friday night prayer walk on the landings. On the world's end, there's seven tower blocks. And within those tower blocks, there's a couple landings that connect all the tower blocks in the figure of eight. And we used to spend, I used to spend my childhood walking around the tower blocks endlessly on, on most nights. And on the landings, uh, the trust used to do a prayer walk and uh, they got a name for themselves. These smiley Christians would come up on the landing and they'll be known as God Squad. So God Squad would rock up, they'll be smiling, they'll be happy. And we never knew why they were so happy, um, but they'll try to trap you in a conversation. Um, so what we do, if we see them coming up in the lift, we'll either kick the lift and get them stuck or we'll run away from them. Uh, one of the two, but I got caught by the God Squad one day and they were, and they were, they were chatting, chatting, chatting away. I was like, this is a lovely conversation, but I want out. Um, but then someone, it must have been, they must have had their L plates on. It was their first day on the job maybe. And they stepped out and said, Joe, do you want prayer? And at this point, I was in front of probably 20 other people. And I remember saying, now nah, you're right. Um, yeah, the story doesn't end there, don't worry. I mean, now nah, you're right. But you can pray for me as you continue on your prayer walk. Just get going, get out of the way, basically. Um, and I had no clue, but this is what they prayed. Acts 2.17, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. I'm not sure how I fitted into the older category at the age of 21, but I had a dream of Jesus uh, that completely changed my life. I was sitting on a bench with all my friends and family um, having a great time and I sat there and I remember watching like a fly on the wall, this all going on. And I was looking around and I just had this feeling that my life was being wasted and there's nothing that I could contribute to this party. And I remember looking to my right-hand side and Jesus was sitting in the dream. Um, bearing in mind, I didn't know what Jesus looked like. And I, the, only, the only reference I had was, I used to watch Family Guy, um, the cartoon. And he looked very much like the version of Family Guy Jesus. Um, so I, I woke up from that dream. And when I looked at Jesus in that dream, I remember feeling so loved and so accepted. But I woke up not having a clue what to do with it. And, it, and, it, and I chewed over it for... Uh, a few days and I thought, you know what I'll do? I'll take it to the God Squad. So I walked over to the trust with my cap in hand. And I said, guys, I've had a dream of Jesus. And honestly, they felt like they hit a gold mine. They were loving it. Um, <laughs> but they, uh, this like, what we've been praying for, oh my gosh. Um, but I, I got, and they basically done, they done the kindest thing they ever could. And they sat with me for a few days and they explained to me who Jesus was. And it was out of that small act of kindness uh, that lead, led me, as you'll be glad to know as a reverend, I gave my life to Jesus uh, that week. 
And then I got a, I got a job at HDB uh, and throughout being a verger for eight years, so the people to put the chairs out, the people set up all the events, uh, Nikki encouraged me, maybe I'll go forward for ordination. And I said, no chance because I'm, I'm not clever enough or I, there's no one like me on the stage. So I don't understand how I'd even get ordained. I don't even know what it is. Um, Nikki encouraged me and over three years of doing the Peter stream, uh, I ended up getting ordained in the summer. So now, yes. Um, and it was, uh, and I got ordained at St. Paul's Cathedral. That's a, that's a nice building, nice church. And I, um, and I'm a boy from a council state with no GCSEs, now a reverend running a church on another council state at the top of the borough. So God's been so kind. But, but in our passage today, we see exactly what Christmas is all about. People have seen a great light, their joy has been increased, and to us, a child is born. Today, you'll be fully aware we've been banging on to you about Christmas season is upon us as a church. And when I got asked to preach on this passage, I had to call up Nikki and say, Nikki, are you sure? It's only mid-November. What we preached about Christmas so early, I was baffled. I thought we might be in different time zones from the, from the borough. But I called him up and he said, yeah, we're going for Christmas. Um, but you've probably noticed the gear shift all around. It feels like the Christmas season has been upon us for months. Mince pies have been on sale since September. Uh, Christmas adverts are on the telly. Don't like a lot of them this year, but um, the Christmas lights have gone up. Uh, there's biscuit basket belt boxes and twiglets on the shelf, and that's only at this time of year. And my favourite is that the Christmas sandwiches are back in stock. Yes, I heard a yes. And uh, Sainsbury's is my favourite. Go try it out. Um, and last week, I even received my first Christmas card. So I'm pretty sure uh, I got it the earliest I've ever got it before. But some of you here will be full to the brim. You'll be, you'll be full of that joy for Christmas. And there'll be some of us here who are doing the right thing and not expressing any joy until the 1st of December, because that's the right thing to do. Um, you guys are way too early. But then there'll be some here who have taken it an even step further. And I want to remind you, church is a safe place. Oh, hello down there, you're right. Church is a safe place. Um, and I'm going to ask for some real vulnerability. If you've already, which I didn't know you could do until I heard on the radio, if you've already ordered your Christmas turkey or you've purchased one, pop your hand up. Don't leave me hanging. Come on, there must be some people. Come on, there's a, one or two there. Any up in the balcony? Yes, Nikita, she's got a Christmas turkey. Uh, and, or keep your hand up. And who else? Has anyone put up their... Actually, our neighbours have done this, and it's okay, we still love them. They've put up their Christmas tree, or their Christmas tree lights. Has anyone else done that as well? The same people are putting their hands up. Yeah, we've got two hands up over there. We've got two hands up over there. Um, and hosting team, I just bear in mind who put their hands up, because they're the people you want to volunteer for everything Christmas related, right? Yeah, your hands went down quickly, yeah, no. Um, these guys are obviously obsessed with Christmas, and they're obviously super organised. But then there might be some here who couldn't think of anything worse right now. The Christmas season is a really hard time for you. Maybe this year you've lost someone, maybe you've lost a job, uh, or you're away from family and COVID means it's really hard to travel home. Or maybe you're online and the only way you can reach church is by watching online. You're homebound and you're feeling really lonely. Or maybe past Christmases have always been rubbish and you're, just, you're dreading another one coming up. And if I'm honest, I can find myself flickering between all the emotions, except for putting the Christmas tree up, that's way too early. You guys have shot the gun there. Um, but the Christmas season can sometimes feel like a mixed bag. And as a church, as we launch into Christmas, I'd love to gather us all up and encourage us and remind us of the real reason for this season. And as corny as that sounds, uh, there's a real reason for this season. And that is that there is a light that will never fade. There's a light that shines into the darkness. And there's a light for you, 
for your friends, your family, and for this city. And this light shines in the darkness and we all need that light. This talk from gloom and distress has been in the passage has been carried over from Isaiah 8, where Isaiah is warning Judah about this incoming invasion that would be devastating for the people and they'll be driven into this gloom and distress. Uh, as you heard, I'm not the physicist of drinks, so I had to Google gloom and distress. I, gloom, gloom means to have near and total darkness and distress is to have a deep sorrow, a deep anxiety and a deep pain. We all have struggles, we all have anxieties and worries and I'm no different. And we can feel like life is just being filled with this darkness where there's real struggle, stress and brokenness all around us and in our own lives. And it might just seem like there's no way out. And my question for you this morning is, where in your life are you struggling? Where in your life do you need the light to break through? Maybe you come to church this morning and you said, you know what, God, this is my last chance. If you don't do anything this morning, I'm done, I'm out, I'm checking out. Or maybe, God, you're asking, God, do you even care what I'm going through in my day-to-day life? Are you even there? Do you care? Are you listening? Or maybe it's just the darkness is just overpowering. And if you're here today and you have those questions, you have those feelings, you don't even feel like you could put your hands up during worship, you're just here. Can I remind you that you are in the right place? In the film Marigold Hotel, it says, all we know about the future is that it will be different. But perhaps what we fear is that it will be the same. Because as someone once said, everything will be all right in the end. And if it's not all right, then trust me, it's not the end yet. The light shines in the darkness and that light's name is Jesus. The truth is that being in this gloom and distress is not the end. Isaiah in verse two was trying to lift their eyes out of this incoming doom that they were all feeling, where it says, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light on those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. Growing up, I was, don't do this, it's illegal. I'm pretty sure I've Googled it. Um, I used to love laser pens. Anyone else used to love laser pens? Yes, there's a few nods. But no, I used to love, I used to love how transportable they were. I used to love that I can point this laser pen. And in London, there's not many things that this laser pen wouldn't reach. You could project this light. I felt like I had a lightsaber that just went on forever. And I remember uh, I used to walk around this light pen, uh, laser pen all the time. Uh, but I used to, when we was at home, I used to shut the curtains, I used to pop my head through, and I used to pop this laser pen, and I'd choose to project it in other people's flats. Because as much as I loved the power of reflecting a light into other people's flats, I think what I loved more was the reaction of people when they saw that red dot on their front room wall, how to hit the deck like a sniper was about to pull the trigger. <laughs> that, was, that was my favorite part. And over and over again, the years, we've done it for years. And if, it's, if you're watching, I'm sorry. If it's any one of you, sorry. If you live in the Chelsea area, you probably was one of my victims growing up. Um, but in my limited experience, most people's journeys are not always as dramatic as the verse might seem. I'm not for one second saying that this can't happen or this isn't possible. But most people's experience of a flash of great light doesn't come about. Because I think God loves to use us to shine his light into the world around us. A bit like how I used to spend those hours shining that laser pen. And you're probably here today because someone's invited you. You're probably here today because you're on the current Alpha course or online you're on the current Alpha course uh, and people there have been kind to you. Well, we hope that anyway. If they haven't been kind to you, Nicky's here. Pop a complaint in, I'm sure he'll get rid of them. Or sort it out of some sort. But it's when people are walking in great darkness, we can shine a light and to grab their attention and that they can see something of the Father's heart for them. And that's how people start to lift their eyes and see the great light of God. When people of faith do small but mighty acts of kindness. 
And I truly believe that if people in this church wasn't generous, if this church didn't pray, um, I wouldn't be standing here today. I wouldn't have had a clue what to do with that dream when I had it. This church ushered the kindness of God into my life and made an eternal impact. And for that, I'll be forever grateful. I'm standing here today because of the church's kindness. So please don't ever underestimate the eternal impact a small bag of kindness can have in people's lives. That very week, you'd be glad to know I gave my life to Jesus uh, and he has totally transformed my life. And I've experienced what it says later on in the passage. For to us, a child is born, to us, a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders and he'll be called the Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. This Christmas, that light of Jesus will offer us and all our friends around us a wonderful counsellor who guides us, a mighty God who we can trust, an everlasting Father who we can know and have a relationship with, and the Prince of Peace, a peace that we can get that passes all understanding. We have an opportunity as a church to bring that light to the gloom and to the darkness around us through Love Christmas, as Nikki said earlier in the service. And we want to deliver 15,000 bags of kindness around London to our friends, to our family, to anyone that needs it. And we can all get stuck in somehow. At HTB Dargon Away, we're giving out 1,500 bags, and that's because there's 1,500 flats. Uh, we done it last year, and we knocked on every single door in the estate, and we offered them a gift. And there's people that year that wouldn't have seen anyone that year due to the lockdown. And we knocked on the door, we gave them a gift. There's people that year who wouldn't have received a single present and was able to bring that kindness, that bag into their life that brightened up uh, their Christmas. We've seen God be so kind. We've, we was able to pray for people on their doorstep. We were, people tried out church because of the bags. And uh, the church, uh, actually, we have a crack in the church door. And after when we gave out all these bags, we were bombarded with thank you letters and drawings from kids and families on the estate. Uh, they, used to, they were stuffing them through the church door, but I think when, they got, when you couldn't stuff them through the church door anymore, they started stuffing them through our front door. Um, and it annoyingly broke the back of our letterbox. Um, and, I'm, and it's still broken, and I refuse to fix it. Uh, because every time I leave the house, it reminds me that a church needs to go out and it needs to be kind. And I'm not going to fix it because I'm pretty sure when we give out these bags this year, um, it's going to happen again. So I'm not going to do a job twice. Um, but you can play your part in giving out these bags of kindness. You can deliver them to your neighbour. If that's too much, just invite one of your friends to a carol service. And you can give them the greatest gift. And that's an opportunity to hear Jesus and to see his great light. These small bags can have an internal impact. And it could be that laser pen light moment into people's darkness. My hope and encouragement for you this morning is that God, who is shining and has always shone his light, that light will never fade. When my dad died and I went back to school, um, I didn't get put straight back into class. They wanted to settle me in for a few days. And I remember sitting in the head teacher's office, and I remember the office like it was yesterday. I sat on a little round desk, and Miss Oswald, she came and she gave me an A3 piece of paper and a bunch of pencils. And she said, Joe, you know what, take it easy. Just draw whatever comes to your mind. Uh, and when you've had enough, you can go, you can go home. Um, I remember sat there, I sat there for the whole day, and I drew this light bulb. Uh, and I was, to be honest, it was a great light bulb. I'm, I'm, I'm so proud of it still. But um, I drew this light bulb, and it didn't mean much to me at the time. I didn't, there was no deep thought to it. But looking back now, I have no doubt in my mind 
that Jesus has always been with me, that Jesus was with me in my darkest hour. And I want to encourage you today that Jesus is with you in your darkest hour. And if you've never invited Jesus into your life, could I encourage you this Christmas, don't wait until you get all the answers because you never will. And when you become a Christian, you're not promised an easy life. You're not given a pass and nothing bad will happen to you. Our lives aren't stress-free and there's still areas where we will struggle in. But the truth is that you don't have to struggle alone. We have a perfect heavenly father who is patient, who is kind, faithful, trustworthy, and he's always pursuing you. This Christmas, why not give Jesus a chance? Don't waste any more time walking in darkness. Be bold, be brave, take a leap of faith. And we can know this light personally today because this light has a name and his name is Jesus. Jesus has come, he's done all the heavy lifting. He came, he died, and he rose again for you. And some of you might need to hear that afresh this morning. It was for you. And we can get to know him as he is the wonderful counsellor, the everlasting father, and the Prince of Peace. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs>